Hey, 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 hey. All right, you're doing your calisthenics? Get some exercise? Oh, good, good. You can, you can like, get an exercise video out of this. Oh, that music. How'd he do? How'd he do? That music makes me so happy. Well, it's good music. Still going. Uh, it, it's, it's never ending. It'll always be there in your head. Even when you're sleeping, you hear the boot doo doo doo. That's the first time I think I ever let it go totally out without till it fades. Yeah, to the total fade. Cool. Because I'm just so ADD. And I've uh, the microphone had an issue. Justin says don't touch it. Don't I touch touched that. it already. Don't touch it. You will go blind if Sorry, you Jay. touch that. I already touched it. Okay. Don't touch it. Mm, 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 mm. <laughs> mm, 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 mm. Can't touch this. Mm, 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 mm. Okay. Yeah. So Bob's back from Florida. We missed him for a couple episodes. Um, actually, I didn't miss him. I'm sure all you guys did. But... Ouch. Oh, I'm just kidding, wow. Bob. I love you. <laughs> all right. So Bob, Bob uh, went to Florida. We'll catch up on his trip here in a minute. But first, I want to say, oh, happy first day of spring, everybody. Woo-hoo. I'm looking out the window of our wonderful studio, and I see green grass, and I say, what? bah humbug. You say bah humbug to you know green why? grass? No, I love spring because it's the new beginnings and all that nonsense and Easter and all that, but it's a fading of winter because winter is a big outlet for me. I, I know how to find my outlet in winter, so I, I'm comfortable with winter. Uh, but secondly, it also means mud season, which means pretty much there's no mountains once the snow goes away from the ski areas, there's no going to the mountains for about a month and a half because of mud and do-do-do-do, black flies. Exactly. You can't even go into the black fly season. It's horrible. Seriously. So it's eight months of me not being able to go to the mountains or adventuring, and that is always torturous for me. So April and May are not my favorite months in general. I kind of tend to be, if I'm grumpy at all during the year, April and May are generally when I may be. I've got a lot of black fly season stories that they're horrible absolutely horrible i was always smart enough to not go i think i went once for like a day and i always said to myself after that like i had netting around me and they still were attacking me i had netting around my whole face i'm like i got netting it's what black fly like they will wiggle into anything like (sighs) right i think the one year that i went it was they were off they were later in the season and i'm thinking all right it I'll, i'll go now because i'm safe well, I went up to the Adirondacks and I had a little, little, little tent and I remember pitching the tent and I was out in the middle of nowhere. It was one of those, was it DEC campgrounds where you didn't have to pay. Mm-hmm. So I'm basically yeah, up by myself. Mm-hmm. Right. And the black flies, as the night progresses, they get worse just before it's at dusk and dawn. That's their worst. That's worse. Or on a really hot day and you're standing still because they're hiding on things around you and they see you and then they want to attack you. Exactly. So I'm outside trying to cook dinner and I'm getting devoured by these bastards and you can't slap hard enough because you slap in one area and they're chowing down your leg. So I take my grill and all my cooking supplies and I'm trying to cook inside this little one man tent. And on top of the netting of the tent is just you had ventilation. Uh, well, they were suffocating the ventilation because they were just covering it was like this blanket of blackness, little critters on top of my tent. And I'm like, I'm done the next day. I, I, I left. It was like, never again will I go up in the black fly season. So this is a tip for people. There's no official black fly bad days. Like, this is how it works. Each area of the Adirondacks 
in general, is its own environment or ecosystem. So as snow melts, puddles are left, black flies emerge, and deer ticks and uh, and deer flies and this kind of stuff. So what happens is there's a there's a section of time when they're really in heat and really bad, and then they die off. I'm not sure what environmental conditions eventually kill them off. They have a short lifespan. Thank you for that, Bob. Appreciate that. So generally speaking, uh, right after that, it's different in every part of the Adirondacks. Usually it's kind of a wave from one set to the Adirondacks starts in the lower elevation, so it works away up. But then there's pockets where there's ponds or, or standing water that eventually dries or standing water that never dries all year round where it's not a, it's like a permanent puddle. There's yeah. a lot of that in Adirondacks, like permanent puddles, right? So, bog, marshy. Bog, yeah, we call it, yes. So, so folks, what we're saying is have someone you know in the Adirondacks tell you how the black fly season is before you make a trip. It's tough to plan really from the end of April to Memorial Day. That would be a great thing to have, a black fly report. Yeah, it would be. And and the problem is on a daily basis, it could be different because it's right. based on wind. Like you could go up there, seriously, if it's a two windy days in the Adirondacks in the middle of black fly season, you're probably pretty golden as long as it's windy at night because those things are going to be laying down for two straight days. Like, And if you're constantly moving. That's right. You have to be moving. The minute you stop on any trail and then and then as soon as you start sweating around your neck and ear area, they just attack mm. you there. So the, I, I didn't realize we were going to start this episode with a black, <laughs> black fly tutorial. <laughs> but to be honest, it's actually uh, could help people because we're at that season. So that's why I hate the two months right now. It's my I hate these two months. Like... I bought a new toy that's going to help me with these two months, but I'll wait for everybody to see that soon. Hopefully. Yeah. So tell me how Florida was. Where did you go in Florida? And tell uh, me uh, was when was the last so, time you were there before? Oh, when the last time? Well, first of all, we were supposed to go to Nashville, and we heard that Nashville is nothing but flooding. I forgot about that. That's right. So I, we said, no, this can't happen. So at the last minute, we booked a flight to Florida. And I'm like, I don't care. Just book it. We're going. And we touched down into Orlando. Um, I'm not a big fan of Florida because it's so overpopulated. We looked it up. There's 22 million people in the population of Florida. Really? Do you really think that's too many? We have a million in Rochester. Do I think that's too many? Yeah. For I a do. whole state. We have it's a million a narrow in Rochester. State. It's narrow. The yeah, roads it's are long. Okay. If the roads are horrible, every well. single road down there is under construction and half of them are, are toll roads. So it's frustrating. And the people, you think Rochesterians drive bad? Those blue hairs and others do not appreciate anybody on the road. But no such thing as left lane laws down south of North Carolina, everybody. So if you're in South Carolina, Georgia, or Florida, and you've never driven south before, do not think it's the same as the Northeast. They're brutal. They're brutal. So we flew into Orlando, uh, spent the day there. I I wanted to show my partner. Uh, Disney World without actually paying for Disney World. And we went to one of the resorts uh, that I had been to, the Animal Kingdom Lodge. We we hang, hung out there for a little while. Um, then we went to what used to be called Downtown Disney, is now called Disney Springs. Um, wall-to-wall people, I was done. I'm like, all right, let's eat dinner and leave. And then we started to head down the Atlantic Coast until we got to the Everglades that was on my bucket list. I've always wanted to go to the bucket list. Check that off. Done. Cool. Cool place. And then we swung around and headed up the Gulf Coast till we got back to Orlando. The Gulf Coast, I love the Gulf Coast. Very nice. Still, still way too busy, but it was nice to get down there where there's warmth, 
blue skies and greenery. Greenery? Greenery, a.k.a. trees with green on them. What kind of greenery down there? Though? What uh, is, what the, what's the, what, it's different. I noticed that there is not the kind of trees that I'm used to. I like my oaks. I like my maples. They don't have them down there. They've got fake trees, palm trees. And I'm like, what is the purpose of a palm tree? Besides maybe some fruits here and there and some minimal shades. They're just not as majestic as the trees that we have up north. But that's what they have, and it was appreciated to see. I love it. Yeah. I'm very, very, very happy that you took the trip. So tell me about the Everglades, because that's the place I want to check out. So, so what did you do while you are down there? Well, we only got to see one portion of it. I didn't realize that it was split in two. Uh, the most southern part, we wanted to take one of those airboats, but uh, we found out that the airboats are not in the Everglades themselves. They're a private uh, adventure. So we ended up taking a just a boat tour on some of the canals down there through the Everglades. I saw some very laid back crocodiles, which I learned there are actually no alligators down the Everglades. They're all north of the Everglades because the crocs have kicked them all out. So So the crocs basically kicked them up. Yes, they did. Uh, They were non-threatening. But when we took the tour, we saw dolphins in the water that was kind of cool and it was just a laid-back scientific type tour they showed us about the the plant life the marine life and it was just it was interesting so you're usually the guy that researches before you go on trips but because you changed this did you not have a lot of information so this became good for you or not it was educational and you're right i do lots of research before i go on vacations we were completely off the cuff on this one and it was driving me crazy because I did not know where we were going to be from one day to the next. And it was, I'm like, I I can't live like this. So on the final four days, I'm like, I'm making or I'm making some kind of organization out of this. I I have to. Yeah, I would too. Just so you know what you want to accomplish. Right. Just so you don't miss anything. Right. I mean, that's what it's about. Right. And you know, I, I got to see the, some of the things that I wanted to, I got my sunset pictures. That's, that was important to me. I got to walk in, in the ocean. I got to walk in the Gulf. Um, the Gulf is obviously warmer. And did I you get to, sunrise and sunset, like sunrise? I from did the, not from get any coast. sunrise pictures because we did not camp. We were in hotels yeah. all the way. And uh, where'd you stay on the East coast? The East coast. We stayed in, um, boy, Cocoa Beach? Daytona no, Beach? nothing really. It's more uh, we, south, Miami? Kind of in between Miami and I think it's Fort Lauderdale. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. The, they, they all blend together. They do. I know. Yeah, yeah. It's just it, little, town, um, little resort towns in there. Yeah. The, it was just too busy for me. It was just too many people. I'm not I'm not that kind of guy. I, I want my woods. I want my... Yeah, it's not your kind of trip. No. I, I want my lack of people. Not that I don't like people. I just like less of them. Well, no, you just like to explore areas where there's not population centers. Right, right. I mean, th- that's why the Everglades was a, is a nice touch. Yeah, to there was the very few people down there. Oh, yeah. Which was cool. No, because the Crocs eat them all. <laughs> yeah. The snakes wrap them up and the Crocs eat them. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> I love it. Uh, so good. I'm glad you had a good trip. I... Uh, um, I had a realization this weekend and, and it kept me from having a fight with my son. Uh Oh yeah. So my son's on spring break this week and it was his birthday. So my son turned 20 last Saturday 
mm-hmm. and I turn uh, what I turn next Sunday <laughs> is my birthday. So it's his spring break week, and I have a lot of things going on with new businesses, and we have a, a sort of a, uh, we're opening a retail store this weekend, so I have to I have to be here for it. Um, so. I, I want, I like to do something for my birthday and I like to do something for my son's birthday special. Right. So, mm-hmm. uh, usually in our past, I've said this many times. So for anybody who's heard every episode, I apologize. Um, but my son and I went president's day week every year. We went skiing someplace, generally speaking th- between three and six days for 16 years straight. That was our thing. It sounds fun. Um, yeah, it was. So last year, you know, he, he doesn't, he's not in high school anymore. No president's day week trip. Right. Like, oh. You know, so it, I don't have my buddy for Prez Week now. So it's like, oh, but he gets a college spring break. So um, last year, I think we skied maybe one day after his spring break, maybe. Because um, I had to work Monday through Friday, and he only had the weekend. So uh, now this year, I'm, I'm technically unemployed, though I have four different business ventures going on. But um, I, I wanted to get away with him. So we had planned originally to go... Friday, Saturday, Sunday, the 22nd, 23rd, 24th, to go up to Whiteface the three days, ski two days, and then maybe do a um, snowmobile tour on the way home. Well, for his spring break. Yeah, for his spring break. So for his birthday, my birthday, three days away. Okay. Him and I travel a ton, you know, everybody knows at this point. Him and I have traveled a ton together in our lifetime, his short lifetime, 20 years. <laughs> so I, I, I'm on board communicating with him now up until this week saying that's the plan. And then, you know, a week before we realized our store opening for this new store was going to be that weekend. So uh, I can't be in Whiteface that whole weekend because I have to be at the store to help <laughs> with the with the promotions and the marketing and education and everything. And that's going important. On. It's huge. It's our business. It's, yeah. our, it's my new business. That is the most important thing in in the life right now. So what people don't understand is when I do go on my out, uh, mountain adventures, really that's to clear my mind. That's probably the only time I close my mind off from productive thought. Right. So so the people are learning that about me that don't know, but people who know me my whole life know that's my outlet. Bob right. specifically. Right, right, right. When I go to the mountains, when I come back, I'm back full tilt, back at whatever is in front of me. Recharged. That's right. Exactly. So I knew I needed a little recharge. Um, also, just to, to be honest with everybody, um, last week was also my mom, the nine-year anniversary of my mom passing. Nine years, wow. Yeah. Uh, and for the first eight... My family doesn't, we're very close. We don't ignore things. We always keep things real close. So it's not like I ignore the fact of my mom's anniversary of her death every year, but I, I've always been very good at like ignoring everybody around that day and just forgetting that it's that day, right? It's just another day. It's not an anniversary of her, anniversary of her death. So I, that day I did a phenomenal job as usual of ignoring it <laughs> until my wonderful cousin's husband, you know, texted me at the end of the day, you know, with a nice message to me. And, um, it made me sit there and look through a lot of my old picture albums, um, you know, from my life and, and seeing all the things that I did with, with my mom and, and how involved she was from 1990 to 2010 when I have every picture, you know, in albums and I can go look at pretty much all my experiences and my mom was there for a lot of them. Um, and I just want to remind people that you need to do that in your life. You need to document, you need to remind, remember these special moments, not just in your Snapchat and, and Instagram and then in those moments, but, uh, you're going to want to look at them in 10, 15 years. So make sure you do that for yourself. Don't, don't, um, I got a good cry out that night and probably one I've been holding back for a couple of years, maybe, um, not that I don't cry a lot about my mom or, or, or in general, but you know, there's one of those things where you remember certain moments with them, right? And maybe what things you learn from them. I definitely got a lot of that by looking at those albums. So it, it was uh, it was an interesting time. So back to my original point, I say, Spencer, we're going on this trip. 
Up until Friday, I believed he was going with me, even though we were rescheduling it for the previous, so this past weekend, it was we're going to be maybe Sunday, Monday, go to Whiteface instead of the weekend. Last minute, I don't think I want to go, Dad. Oh, dum da dum dum. Now, Bob knows me full well that that doesn't stop me from going uh, on the trip. Okay? Exactly. But it changes everything. Right. Because, Adapt and overcome. Because the trip was designed around him and I and what we know and the best to know in New York and the experience, right? So now I know I need to get away. I just spent a night thinking about my mom that I haven't really done in a while. Birthdays, everything else. I know I need to get away for a day. I have to, like, go. So uh-huh. I spent... So. What I learned was my son's part like me, but part like his mother, right? <laughs> his personality is not just like me. Like my daughter would have picked up and gone with me. Oh, cool. In a heartbeat. And I always but. thought she was more like Jen. She's like my ex, Jennifer, who's a beautiful woman, great, awesome ex-wife. Um, Jen is uh, homebody. Right? She's become a homebody. Yeah, she's uh, yeah. She she will go out drinking maybe once a month or twice a month, but other than that, she is home routine based woman. Always has been. Well, no, always the, the the normal person who gets old, as myself and I suppose Jen too. We like to settle down. Oh, Unlike no, Brian, she, no, she's always been like that. This has been oh, Jen from twenty right. years old on. But I've gone hiking with her. No, 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 no. She's been a little adventurous like that. She was. She has not been as adventurous in her life since she left me. Since oh, or okay. since I ended our relationship. Right. After that, I think she's maybe taking three vacations in Ooh. fifteen years. Like, and and it's with her new husband, and and they're great, awesome together, awesome. But they just don't. They're more homebodies. Jen's oh. always so. Ever since me and uh, Jennifer and I split about eighteen years ago now, nineteen years ago. Uh, I'm sorry, I can tell you exactly. 16 years ago, my son was four, he's 20. So 16 years ago when her and I split, wow. she has not traveled anywhere near as much as she did. And I'm not saying this to Raz Jen because I know she listens to my podcast, so this is not the intention <laughs> of this. But what I'm saying is my son has a piece of her in him. So he's become a homebody. He, I just have to remember that. So I didn't get mad or angry at him in that moment. I wanted to really bad because I was so disappointed. Like, exactly. I can't even tell you how disappointed. Like it was, it was like... You don't want to go with me? Like, what? Like, I didn't take it personal because I know it's not personal. I know he loves me. Like, he went grocery shopping for me this week. Like, uh, you know, took care of the dog while I was gone. Like, he, there's no, it, it has nothing to do with our relationship, him and I personally. It has to do with the fact that him as a person is just, he's different than me. Well, yeah. I he, want him to be my little clone. man. He's not a clone. And just before um, this break happened, I texted him one day. And I said, uh, you know, I was telling him what my plans were. I was going to go to Holiday Valley to tape, and I wanted to see if he was free from college that day and wanted to pop down. And, and I sent him like three or four different texts about other things I was thinking about doing with him. And he sent back a very simple text, not to be rude to me, nothing. He just said, uh, Dad, thanks, thanks for the offers, but let me be me. Oh, all right. Right? Sure. Simple, yeah. quick. That's that to me is is who I am. Like that was me coming out of. So, him. Like, do you take this as the end of this particular uh, adventure, or no? It's um a pause, not a pause. It's uh his. It's his, so my adventure still continues on. His yours inve- does. His but adventure. The two of you together is what yeah, I'm so, saying. So, to our adventure together now is me just being there to support him for whatever he needs. Okay. Let him do what he needs to do to to. Uh, find himself as him because he's 
been in my shadow probably a lot. Mm -hmm. So he wants to be him and he has a great group of friends and he, it's not that he's an introvert, doesn't have it. He has a ton, he has a great network, awesome network starting himself. Um, But I have to let him work in that network and be him. And, and when, Hey dad, I'm thinking about doing this. When he reaches out, bam, we do that together. It's not that he doesn't want to do things with me because last night I hung out with his buddies last night. We're watching TV all night. Like, you know, uh, chit chatting. So it's not about that. So I'm not taking it personal. So I left. So what I did was I followed that up with what the hell am I going to do now? Cause this is set now Saturday night. Well, you do kind of have a new son. It's fine. A dog. Yeah, I do. No, that's fine. Yeah, but he, by the way, for everybody who wants to know anything about Bernie, <laughs> he's officially Spencer's dog after two days. Is Spencer being better? No, Spencer got back from school. Uh, he officially came to my house Sunday. I didn't see him on his birthday Saturday because he had dinner with his mother. So Sunday, from Sunday to today is now Wednesday. Uh, Bernie's Spencer's dog already. Traitor. Yeah. What a I, traitor. Uh, except when it's walk time, then he comes right to the door for me. Uh-huh. Other than that, in the house... Bernie's at Spencer's feet. Wow. Yeah, already. Yeah, I know the feeling. Yeah. I can I can relate. I have a cat, and it's supposed to be my cat, and what does he do? He's always on David's lap. I'm like, uh, excuse me, what are you, what are you doing? That you're, whatever. All right, next. Yeah, so animals. Yeah, yeah, so that's the Bernie update. So anyways, leaving was not a big deal because Bernie and Spencer basically, oh, wait, Bernie sleeps in Spencer's bed with Spencer. <laughs> Bernie gets cuddled by four college kids for like two straight days. Like, yeah, Bernie's fine in here. So I said, okay, Bernie's good. I know I need my escape because I got to get my mom out of my head. Like uh-huh. I'm, I'm rolling over it now for three days. So Sunday morning I wake up and I just start researching on my New York state ski blob where the snow is looking the best. Right. And then I'm thinking about my mom. I think about my daughter. I'm thinking about all this crazy good stuff going on in my life. And I said, what do I, I want to go someplace that means something to my family, to me. So I look up on my wall, my cousins, uh, a couple months ago, they, they're they moving to a house in Florida and I try and help them and to be nice, they've given me a couple pictures. I don't think you can ski in Florida. No, they can't. Oh, okay. I've Trust me, I razzed them about that. When they're in Florida, I called them going to Stowe and from Stowe because they're the ones who introduced me. You know, they, they grew up at Stowe kind of. Okay. My, that's where my cousin Sandy learned how to ski. So this is why I chose Stowe. It's not because I'm a pretentious. I didn't like paying 120 bucks for a lift ticket on Monday, folks. I'm telling you right now. Mm. It was not a nice thing. But I got to experience a mountain that my cousin learned how to ski on, and she was a skier for 25, 30 years. Um, so I wanted to experience that mountain. So I said, the snow is good there. Burlington, Vermont is where fish originated. I've never been to Nectar's. And Nectar's, for those of you who don't know, in Burlington is a small little bar, but it is the one bar in Burlington where you can count on music every single night so they play music 365 days a week a year so i know when i go to burlington i have a place where i can go and listen to music before i go to bed so i seriously left rochester at four o'clock got to burlington at 10 checked in the motel quickly i was at uh, nectar's getting having the security guard take my picture inside of nectar's by about 10 30 10 20 hung out there till two in the morning two in the morning but you don't drink right didn't drink no i was i was uh, enjoying my um, little um, vape pen, and okay. I was talking to Officer Ross. Officer Ross, if you end up listening to this episode, you and your parents, uh, like you said you would. Thank you very <laughs> much. I enjoyed chatting with you. So in Burlington, it's very cool. There's like six bars in a small area. Um, Nectar's is one of them, and it happened to be St. Patrick's Day that night. So I was catching the tail end of the St. Patrick's 
mayhem around, but it was later. So, you know, most people St. Patrick's Day are way out of their minds. Like one of the bars I went to smelled like puke and beer. Like I stayed in there seriously for like one second. I was like, whoa, that's a serious St. Patrick's bar later. Yeah. So that's when I met Officer Ross. His parents work in Massachusetts in the cannabis industry. Um, so really? he, he his family's supportive of cannabis and CBD. And um, I, I don't think I'm getting you in trouble because uh, Officer Ross does not use himself. So I don't want to get him in trouble with his brethren in, in the Burlington po- police force. But they were all over there. They were, uh, he was very nice. It was a nice experience. Two in the morning, I get home, back to the, par- the hotel. I was at Stowe by 7.30, quarter to 8. Uh, I was on the mountain by, I would say about nine o'clock. I was on the mountain once I got done chatting with people and getting to get my acclimated. You chatting with people? No. I have to get acclimated. I've never been there, right? Like, I didn't know what, I I seriously, I'm like you. I like to research. Recon. Yeah. My recon first though was, oh, they got four inches yesterday, seven inches this week, and 186 for the season. Yeah. I know I'm not going to have all ice when I get there. So I picked Stowe. Good. All right. That was my decision. And I loved it. The town, I don't really know how it looked because I got drove through it so fast in and out. Um, but uh, the, the town of Stowe itself is very cute. But the mountain itself is a true skier's mountain, like steep pitched, long, good New England style runs. I had a blast. Cool. So I used an app. Are you curious? Any statistics from the day? Do you care? I'd, I'd love, love to hear it. You First time I've ever used an app for statistics in about a decade. I think I used one maybe 10 years ago or something. So I made 22 runs in a day. Or, or Tell me what the app does. What? So this app is called Trace Snow, and it tracks your whole movements for the day. Okay. So it knows when you're on a lift, when you're on a run, tracks your whole run through GPS, gives you how many times you jumped, how what your speed was, your average speed, your top um, uh, speed, sustained speed that's kind of cool and uh a few more statistics in there so it actually told me how many jumps how fast i was going when i jumped and if before i go let's say if i was going to do a train park i could hit a trigger that it would track all my jumps to give me trajectory speed everything on all the jumps i didn't go to that what's the app tell tell the trace it trace snow that's what i just said sorry i didn't say clear enough trace snow is the name of the app all right so i'm pulling up so the first time i've ever used it you actually can show you see your the statistics against you against other people on the mountain huh. so i was not top 10 for anything because i had to take two long breaks to get my cameras charged recharged oh. Oh. so my gopro hero 7 holy smokes any everybody out there who um had, uh, likes gopro supportive of gopro curious about the hero 7 go look at my brian lane ski videos right now i posted four videos from stowe i had them up all edited and up in an hour and a half that's the latest one, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. How about this? There's, I took it through a glade, no chatter, like no chatter. Like I don't have a, no chatter, no the static function on my iMovie. Didn't have to use it. Huh. And wait till you, everybody sees how smooth this footage is. The Hero Seven. It is not me, folks. It is the Hero Seven. I found my baby. Like, so now back to the Trace Snow app. My top speed, max speed, because I want to tell people this because. Shh, don't tell anybody. I was high on cannabis. Oh my God. Yes. When I did this, I was heavily sedated on THC. Don't tell anybody. No way. Please don't tell anybody. I don't even know what you're talking about. Okay, good. I didn't really smoke three bowls in the car before I got out. I didn't. I swear to God, I didn't. All right, all right. So my first run after I did that was 49.6 miles per hour down 2,000 vertical called nosedive. That was, uh, I would say, about 45 minutes after those three bowls. 
Okay. Stats for the day. 22 runs, 39,000 vertical, 56 jumps, and that's not going in the train park jumps. That means I was jumping without actually going on things created to be jumped, if anybody cares. Uh, (laughs) My distance was 35.5 miles traveled on my skis. Like I said, maximum speed was 51.7. My maximum sustained speed was 48.2 miles an hour. I burned... Uh, 1,300 calories, which I think is probably a little bit more than that. Uh, My actual slope time, so that's the actual time I was going down hills was two hours, but I was actually on the mountain for six and a half. But two hours of that was actually skiing. The other time was either lift time or I had a phone call, a business phone call mixed in. And then this app is so cool that I could actually break it down by run so I could see what my maximum speed was on every run on the mountain. And that when I hit over 50 miles an hour, it turned a little different color. Oh. A little red, like a little fast boy, like, oh. Is it telling you to slow down? Or? No, I think it would have said is, can't you hit 60, you wuss. I think that's what <laughs> came through my ear when, when I had the app going. I'm just kidding. So I'm not saying all this for people to say, Brian, you're great. So what I did was I did a bunch of different runs with my new seven. I'm going to post the footage. So if anybody has never been a skier, they can enjoy a nice crisp run where you're seeing Mount Manchester, sunny day, clear as day. Sunny day. How about, how about check out my lift line run and if you want to see a frozen waterfall Ooh, at the I top do. of the run. It looks freaking sweet. I like frozen waterfalls. Yes. Yeah. So these are the little things. It's not, I don't do this channel to be pretentious folks. I do it to educate people so you can see the runs at Stowe because you can never do that mountain yourself, either afford to get there or have the time to get there or as crazy as I to get there. But these stuff is out there and enjoy it through my videos. Um, so I have four already up there from Stowe. I'll have at least five to six more, including a little interview with a, with a uh, ski patroller, cute ski patroller who gives you some information. Cool. Uh, so that's what's upcoming. But the footage itself is so smooth. Oh. It's so nice. I'll have to look into that because I, I love cinematography, video, camera work. Thank you. And make sure you give me some feedback, Bob, because I'm up over 90 videos now. I'd love some feedback. All right. Uh, all right. So everybody knows I cannot shut my mouth. And that has resulted in some good things. So recently with my YouTube videos that I've been posting on Brian Lansky videos, my shameless plug. Uh, I've been going around the state, different ski areas. And I've definitely been looking to partner with a local uh, store retailer, possibly uh, someone maybe that, you know, we could be partners where I can spread their word and they can help me make contacts within the industry. Uh, So I have always been affiliated with Ski Company in Western New York, but they are a really huge operation and a little guy like me isn't, isn't much value to them. So I knew I wanted to find a small local guy that I could help promote and grow as well as just become friends with within the industry. So I had all these people around me saying, you got to meet this guy, Zach. He's out of Canada. He's great. You got to meet this guy, Zach. And I said, Zach, who? I've never heard of this guy. Full send. I'm like, full send. That is a freaking cool name. Full send. That's what I'm all about. Like, we got to go hard all the time. I got to meet this dude. So I must have heard about this guy for the first month of the winter, and I just, I like, he's here all the time. I see it like his ghost of Zach. Finally tracked him down at his demo event at Bristol. Now, I didn't demo any of his stuff because I've had new stuff recently, and I didn't want to tie up their time with me when they had real people there that were going to possibly buy gear. Um, But I met Zach that day at Bristol, and I could tell right away this is a California boy. 
uh, in Rochester. And that kind of dude is hard to find. So I know I'm going to be buddies with this guy. So, so Zach Hallett, please introduce yourself. Tell everybody the story that you own. And, and I appreciate you being out with us today, sir. Hey, what's up, everybody? Oh, it's a great, great day today. I actually uh, just finishing up at the mountain today. It was nice, uh, 60 degree, sunny, slushy spring day, which is what we live for here in uh, New York. But uh, yeah, no, it was awesome to, to meet you and really just vibe off each other. I mean, I definitely bring a little bit of a different taste to the area. Uh, I lived out in Denver for a little bit and traveled all over the U.S., in the ski industry and i knew that this area could use something uh, with a little bit of spice to it um it's been pretty uh i'd say pretty stagnant like there hasn't been really much change here in like 10 years so i worked for a ski company um for a while and then ended up going out to to denver colorado to be a ski rep and and after living that life and traveling, I just I knew I could bring a, a cool mix to the area with different brands, different feel. Um, you know, being out on the mountain, a- answering questions like right on spot. You know, someone has a question with their boots or their skis or their boards, but we we do it all, and I make sure that I'm I'm boarding and skiing, so I know exactly, you know, what what's going on in the industry and what brands are clicking, what's not. So. It's a it's a fun industry to be in. That's kind of why I I got in it, and I and I can't seem to get out of it. Why so. would you want to? Right, right. It's uh, it's probably the most fun industry that you can be a part of. I mean, being out on the mountain, being active, and calling it work is uh, it's a tough life. I must say. Yeah, it's tough. You stay fit. You get to meet people. You get to socialize. Uh, and they're doing the same thing as you. And you can try and make a little bit of money off it too. I mean, it's it's a win win. Exactly. If you can uh, if you can make a little bit of money and love what you do, uh, you can't go wrong. That's definitely what I've been you know, what I've been searching for in the industry is to you know working at a shop was great. You know, you know, once you get enough responsibility at that shop, you know, hitting the mountain doesn't really happen. There's just too much to, to accomplish day to day. And then, you know, being a rep, you're on the go. Like, it's selling time. Season is selling, so you're not always on the mountain either. So after looking at both sides of the spectrum, I was like, man, how do I partake in this industry but be active on the mountain? And, you know, being the owner of a, a cool, small little boutique is definitely – but a good solution you're you're one so that's a great way to put it my friends and i've been talking about that so my 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 cousin uh, is thinking about buying a business here in rochester but it's a summer-based business but for him and i uh and our family we we have a place down in canisius lake and we've been very blessed w- with an uncle who, who rewarded us with a lot of toys so so his big dilemma is how can i own this seasonal summer business and enjoy the time on the water at the same time. Uh, it is really truly like a decision him and his family are making right now as to, uh, and it's funny that you say it that way because you considered that. Um, how did you get in the industry originally? So I got in the industry when I was, uh, I was 16 years old. I was working at an ice cream shop in the summertime, which was a blast. And then, uh, 
I was like, well, what can I do in the winter that won't tie up my summer job? Because I really liked it. And uh, like, well, what if I did two seasonal jobs? So skiing, snowboarding, and then, you know, ice cream in the summer. So that's how I, I initially got into it was, you know, I was holding the door at ski company at 16 years old and instantly just became obsessed with the industry and the vibes of the people coming in and the day-to-day life of uh, working at a ski shop. So I got into it young and, like I said, I haven't left, so it's fun. So where? So you? That means you were born and raised in Rochester, correct? Yeah. So I grew up in Spencerport, New York. Uh, I started skiing when I was like thirteen. My neighbors got me into it, um, and I would saw golf in the summer, play baseball, and then ski in the winter. And, and then I got that opportunity to move out west, and I I couldn't refuse it. It just fell in a time of my life that worked perfectly with me exploring the other side of the business. So your roots must have been Swain? So I grew up skiing Bristol through Ski Club. Okay, so oh, so Spencer I'm, Board I'm actually always, went to Bristol, cool. Yeah, I've always been a Bristol kid, so it's, it's treated me well, and relationships now with Bristol and the business are just, it's fantastic. They're amazing people to work with. And it's 1,200 vertical, the most vertical between Gore and the Rockies. Let's remind people about that. <laughs> yeah, it gets the job done for the East Coast, but nothing's like Loveland or, you know, Aspen or any of those mountains out in Denver, but it's all right. No, so give me a piece. So, so you, after you graduated high school, or did you go to college before you went out west, or was it right after high school? So I went to MCC trying to figure out what I wanted to do in life, um, I got my physical education degree, you know, thinking I'd just be like a gym teacher or something just fun because that's my personality is just I'm just super chill. Uh, pretty much I, I worked my way through ski company to a point where I could either go to college and finish off school or I could and work for those guys, you know, at the next level doing their purchasing and management. So I, I stayed there. And then I wrote it out and got a job offer from a company out in Denver. They just did some business with us on the buying side of things. <clears throat> and then mm-hmm. it, they just, they like doing business with me. So they, they offered me a position to run their East Coast sales, which was based out of Denver. And then I would just travel around. Wow. So, so you travel around the East Coast at first? Yeah. So I, I traveled around the East Coast. I made my move out to Denver, and then I would I would either take like a Sprinter van and, and live out of that and hit hotels here and there, um, or I would uh, fly in and grab a rental car. Just depended on what was going on with like trade shows and whatnot. So if you weren't at trade shows and you were actually on the road, what did a day look like for you in this? Uh, I really want to see this. What is it? What would it, give me a picture of like a typical day in in this life? So like the. Yeah, so, like, this typical day, like, I actually did one, one of, like, the coolest things I ever did was I did a surf tour up the, up and down the East Coast. So I started in Denver with a sprinter van, and I, I drove all the way to, to Maine from Denver. Okay. And then I did the whole coast. So I did Maine down to, uh, like, deep North Carolina, South Carolina, and then I cut across the tennessee and back up into denver like towards denver and it was sick so like day to day it was like 
yeah, I wake up, I'm either like chilling in the van or I'm at a hotel. And then I go see a bunch of shops, show them some product and then just keep going like city to city. Yeah. I was like, it's funny. I, uh, so it was a whistle stop tour. Now what kind of shops were you going into to find that like ski shops? So like that was, that was a surf tour. So that was all the like surf shops up the coast. Oh, so that was, you you were just living ocean living, man, living that salty air. Right. Exactly. And then in the wintertime, I would do like a similar tour and there was ski shops. So I cruised through like New Hampshire, Vermont, New York, Pennsylvania. And uh, it, it was cool. Now, what, who, what were you selling? Skis or, or, I mean, were you moving skis, all sorts of product? Like what were you moving? So we had like a ski brand, a sunglass brand, a clothing brand, a snowboard boot brand. Like we had it all. So it was like, it's crazy just sell everything. Oh, how much fun is that? <laughs> you got like a, you know, you got something for everybody. So it's like, see as many people as you can. So like the connections made were just so sick. Cause like anywhere I am on the East coast, I know somebody <laughs> like I lived in, uh, I was like living in this van, chilling with different shop kids. And then next thing you know, I'm, I'm playing, you know, uh, I'm playing like bean bags until like four in the morning at some dude's house, like smoking a cigar, and it's like, what am I doing? <laughs> yeah, because in yeah. A, most people don't realize in the ski industry, you have everything from high end businessmen that go to escape for for a couple of days to yeah. to to just normal hippie. 16 year old pot smokers like and everything in between right. so like i was I, I just went to stowe vermont on monday and skied and that's exactly what was i went into burlington first in there and that was what i saw it was from crunch to the serious skiers like you know the guys that are yeah. just killing it 65 miles an hour like yeah it's an amazing group of people like everybody it's like just you put everybody on a mountain or in like one of those towns and like it's just like family like everybody's friends everybody's family like not a bad bone around you know it's just such a chill environment to be a part of so tell me their favorite place uh in denver skiing wise i've always wanted to, to hear this from people who spend time out there yeah so i'm like i'm like one of the different people you know when i go to denver i, f- I mainly focus right on loveland the you know Loveland Pass area, um, it's like the hidden gem of of Colorado. You get the big bulls, and you got like up top, you can go take a cat. Um, the nicest part is you don't stand in a single lift line, so you have all this terrain and like sick hits, and it's just like no lift lines. Like wreck is sweet, but if you hit it on a weekend, you'll be in a lift line for an hour. Like that's not me. I want to get as many laps as I can, and then I'm at the bar having a beer. That's right. It's like Killington. You don't go. I would never touch Killington on a Saturday or Sunday. See you later. Right. Like if you're gonna later. do it, like midweek for sure. Yeah, I'll do Killington on a Monday or Tuesday all day. Right. On the weekend. Yes. But then you can go to a mountain like Gore on a weekend, and you can, as long as you stay away from the gondola, you can stay away from lift lines all all day long. Right. So it's like you have those like little gems and, and Loveland is definitely one of them. 
So Loveland, I, oh, this is great research because I want to send my son out there to be a ski bum, brother. I want him to live your life, so I, I got to pass all this knowledge to him. Uh, so, so yeah, what, tell him to bump, go bump chairs at Copper or something. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No. What, what advice would you give a college kid who wanted to get in the industry these days? Because I know obviously it's a lot different now than it used to be. What, what would you What would you recommend for them? And the biggest thing I would say is like. Either go to a resort and see what you like, you know, like you start like bumping chairs, but then maybe like, you know, grooming parks or, you know, get involved in the areas or you get involved with a shop um, that or you can jump in with a rep and start, you know, turning screws at demos and just really just being active in the industry, making yourself well known. That's the biggest thing is just like take those, take those like leaps and just Go to a demo, I'll be like, hey, you, you mind if I turn screws? You know, go to a shop, work part-time, like, just start getting your feet wet. Because in this industry, relationships have gotten me so far. You know, it's it's really not about, like, who you know, but, like, who knows you. Like, that's the biggest thing. That's right. When you walk in the room, they, oh, hey, I remember you. I heard about you. And next thing you know, the conversation is just, there's nothing but positive coming out of it. I love it. Exactly. So, so you were out in Denver for 10 years, then you came back. I want to talk about your entrepreneurship now here, here coming back. So you came back, uh, you, did you come back for a job, for a girl? Like what brought you back to, to this area? Uh, so the girl I was with, we were, we were talking and um, we wanted to be back near family. You know, Denver is a sick place, but in my mid, you know, middle 30s, it just it was a good time to go and then it was a good time to come back and like establish myself and then I can go back in the future. Um, so like me and her were talking, we want to be back with family. So we, we came back this way. Um, I really, honestly, I just, I sent it <laughs> like no joke. I just, I quit my job, which everybody thought I was crazy. You know, I have a ski rep job traveling the, the East coast living in Denver. It's like, how do you get much better? And, so I, I quit my job. I came back and I, I worked with my buddy who owned a valet company. So that way I could just kind of work here and there, make some side money, but um, like focus on figuring out how to start the business because I was just kind of winging it. And um, kind of, you know, ran into some things relationship-wise where you know, starting a business is tough. There's nothing that's guaranteed. And, um, we went, we went our separate ways and I came across my business partner one, one night working, uh, working valet, just telling him the story. He, he called me like three days later. He's like, dude, your story, your idea and everything is sick. Like, I want to be a part of it. How, like, what can I do to help you? And like, are you looking for a partner? And like, at that time it was like, holy shit. Like, yeah, I need someone to like rope me in. Like I'm super ADD. Like, I just want to go, go, go. And like, maybe I don't always think before I do something. So like, he's the perfect partner to like reel it in and be like, all right, let's look at like one, two, three. Let's not just jump to four. Um, so he's an awesome partner. You know, but at the same time, like he lets me do my daily thing. You know, if I'm at the mountain, he's like, dude, you're like, you go to the mountain, you do your thing, and and he knows I'm always always working no matter what. So all you're doing on the mountain is building your message, right? So how's that a bad right. thing? Right. 
so like that's amazing like i you know i was at the mountain today and some lady walked by her jacket was ripped and i was like hey it looks like you you need to bring that in for you know a new one and she's like yeah how did you know and i was like oh you know i'm out here with you i see your jacket's ripped and i'm here to let you know that we have a replacement in our store you know very similar style um I could tell she didn't want to be wearing the same thing as the, the other person next to her. So it's like, yeah, you know, there's 10 stores in the whole U.S. and we're one of them. So you should definitely check this brand out. And, uh, you know, you make a sale like that. And then at the same time, you know, my phone's pinging and somebody somebody in uh, California is buying a snowboard. So it's it's really been a good first year. You know, like you never know. You know, taking that leap of faith into business and you know being young and, and not having a, a bunch of money and just going for it it's it's been a blessing of a year for sure so is there a specific line of products you keep in your store and is full send a franchise or is that your like um brainchild so full send i i uh i've always been the one to be like you know just send it you know like don't don't look back just do it um i, I did a lot with like cars i'm a big car guy and i i was like my, my whole model you know i'm just gonna just gonna send it and uh and hope for the best and push the limits and uh, i wanted to use a name that was like across the board can go to anybody you know it, that can register from a car guy to a you know an outdoor like enthusiasts to anybody like they're going to want to wear that brand and that they're going to appreciate you know what it is and and full send is literally just taking send it and like it's going 110 percent. so it was um i was super stoked when i when i was doing the the work with that name and uh i think we grabbed it just in time you know that we get confused a lot with like the nelk boys up and all my friends still send me all the stuff like hey it says full send and it's like yeah, that's the Canadian uh, YouTube channel of kids doing some crazy stuff, which is so, pretty. So the logo. So you came up with the logo. <laughs> so this is all yours then. So full send is all yours. Yeah. So full send. So, so I love the logo. So the logo is that is at the moon or the sun, probably the sun, and then the mountains so the and then sun. the water. Yeah. So that's like the full circle of like we're in it for like uh, I call it ski, snowboard, lake, and lifestyle. So. Lake and Lifestyles, our summer business, we do anything from like bathing suits to t-shirts, sunglasses, um, wakeboards, wake surfboards, and then we go into the winter stuff. So, yeah, so full sun skiing outdoor, that full term with that logo is all, it's all ours. It sounds like my kind of shop. So I, I, <laughs> I don't think I told you a story. So I joined in with a group of guys out of uh, Lake George area. Uh, Boston Lake, uh, Albany area, basically a bunch of guys that live in that area of New York. And for 21 years now, they have done a day where they call dual day. So they go and ski Killington in the morning, superstarts, the last trail that's open there. And then they come back and they water ski on Boston Lake in the afternoon with a bunch of ski boats. So they have a bunch of ski boats and we just all take turns. You need to do that with me this year. And I want to know when you're out in Denver, were you able to do that out in Denver or have you done that before? So I've gone from the mountain to the golf course in Denver. Um, I didn't have access to a boat out there, so I didn't go like mountain to water, but I definitely could have. Um, but yeah, skiing to golfing, I've definitely done. So it sounds like you're going to have to do that with me this year. 
I think yeah, you're gonna I have mean, to be my ride mate. Uh, that's gonna work out nice because we, you know, we're we're actually launching another business, and uh, we'll have a boat to bring out. Oh, we're gonna get into that. You thought we were gonna end this conversation <laughs> without having a big talk about that? No, we're we're not even we're not even touching the tip of the iceberg here, son. So yeah, absolutely. So so in May, I will give you a heads up. It will be on a Friday. They kind of wait. You know, it's based on the weather because they want to go as late as possible. Um, but Boston Lake, yeah. for those of you who don't know, is is a unique kind of lake where it doesn't turn over. So the top is always affected by the sun, and the bottom is the murky bottom. Uh, so that's why they choose Boston Lake to do that on. It's a nice long narrow lake, uh, and very good for water skiing and snow. Board, or, uh, and wakeboarding on it so that's why they choose that so yeah i can't wait to uh, oh this could be great I, all right so let's talk about your next venture so now he has full send skiing outdoor it's in canada first let's talk about the store where's the location why did you choose that location all right so the location is right on main street in canadagua you go down a couple lights you got eddie o'brien's restaurant and then across the street is the shop so you can either park on the street or there's a back lot that you can park in. And then as far as the location wise, like I wanted to make sure that we had a summer business to, to sustain, you know, in the summertime being that honestly winter is not the longest. So that's kind of why Canada was like a no brainer for me. You know, you get the walking traffic and then your ski snowboard people are always like, they're going to find you. You know, it's, it's easy to get to the mountain too. It's like 15 minutes away. So it's like lake or mountain, 15 minutes, can't, can't beat it. I would love to see if we could do some kind of dual day in Canandaigua Lake and Bristol. Right. Uh, I mean, if it gets nice enough, we can definitely pull it off. I got wetsuit. <laughs> it would be a nice yeah. way to start your new business off. So, so let's talk about the new business now. I don't want. I don't. We already teased it. So let's let's jump into it. I know it's a little early, so I don't. I don't want to spoil anything. But you're you're looking to move into this summer business a little bit more, right? Yeah. So after being open last summer, I really started to realize like how big the wake surf market was going to be. Uh, it's probably one of the like more desired things to do in the summertime. The thing is with wake surfing, it is like a low impact sport. So you, you're not getting thrown around on a wakeboard, like catching your edge and smashing your face uh, at 24 miles an hour. So it gives you the opportunity to cruise around at 10 miles an hour with your friends, with their music, um, you know, drink a beer and just have a blast on the water. The trick of it though, is that in order to surf, you need to have an inboard boat with a ballast setup. So that boat's not cheap. Not everybody has, has that option. So the plan was to launch this business. Um, so that way we're chartering for wake surfing and wakeboarding. So it's an option where you can grab a group of friends and go wake surf for a day, but it's only costing those guys, you know, 50 to a hundred bucks a head compared to dropping 150 on a boat. And that's not $150, folks. That's $150,000. Yeah, so we just uh, we actually just got our first boat. Um, we put a deposit down today. So I was hoping you were going to be able to announce that. Yeah, I'm so happy. That. Yeah. So now, I was in his shop yesterday, and, and he was debating what boat to buy, so I'm very curious to ask, what, what boat did you end up going with? And explain people the research that went into it a little bit to, to show people that you're not just uh, some crazy little outfit. 
Yeah, so it took, uh, it was about a, a year of pondering, you know, like bouncing between different boats, you know, seeing what I could afford, um, seeing what was the minimum requirement, you know, to, to start this thing. And uh, we bounced between a Mastercraft and a Super Aeronautique. Um, so we were working with Mark's Leisure Time on finding a Mastercraft. We were working with Sager's Marine uh, finding the super nautique and uh and it it was a tough tough decision like my buddy his family owns mark's leisure time and like sometimes it just comes down to business decisions you know as much as he's my friend i just needed to open it up to my business partners and it wasn't just my decision so it's like that you gotta reach out to your partners and figure out what's best for the business and pretty much we were looking at, you know, when it was just myself, it was like an NXT 20, just to like get us by, get us in the water, have the options. Um, and then I brought on two business partners and we started looking at bigger boats. So we were looking at like XT 23 from Mastercraft and we were looking at um, either going like with a Super Air and I think like 210 or what was brought to the table was the GS 24. So the, the GS24 was like, you know, it's the second biggest boat in their line. And it, it just, to me, being that it was a leftover from last year and like the deal on the table was so good. Um, and that relationship has a lot of potential, like being right at the end of the dock and having the boat in the water accessible, at, you know, within an hour is, is key. You know, we get a customer that wants to go, like we're ready to go. So. Um, we ended up putting a deposit on a 2018 Super Aeronautique GS24. Great choice, by the way. Though, though, I still will sit on my Malibu and be your happy. But you're gonna have a phenomenal uh, boat, <laughs> and uh, and I gotta say, I'm really excited because I really do think uh, there is a need for this on the lakes. My my cousin and I were talking about the same thing uh, between. Uh, what most people maybe a lot of people realize now the finger lakes are a phenomenal region uh for tourism and canandaigua is a big tourist town right like you get a lot of people walking up and down main street during the summer is that not right zach right yeah it's super tourist based um so canandaigua is a good spot but we call so we called the business it's called finger lakes charters uh short terms it's flx charters it is going to be accessible in any Finger Lake um, in this area. So if you're over on, you know, Seneca and you got a family party going on, we'll drive out there. We're going to arrive with the life vest, with the boards, with everything, everything possible um, to go out and to have a good time. You know, it's, it's a cool opportunity to, uh, to bring to the table. I think it's a great idea. And one of the things that I want to put out there for you too. And I'm sure you guys have thought about this is just training. So we bought a boat that was well above our, our grade of, we're all morons that we're on a boat that we probably don't even use 10% of the, what we could. We'd love to have someone like come on our boat, hang out with us for the day, teach us the boat better, uh, help us a little cause wake, wake surfing, um, though the boat doesn't travel very fast. It, it can, it's not necessarily hard to learn, but to, to, improve i find sometimes maybe a little mentoring helps what do you think yeah i mean i'm definitely gonna have to learn a lot myself and that's the nice thing about having uh having the boys at sager's literally right there anytime i need you know some assistance but 
yeah, no, I agree. Like once we, once we get the boat in the water and like master it ourselves, um, everybody like on board as far as drivers will, will be captain certified. So we'll all have our captain's license. So we'll be able to, to definitely help out, you know, and teaching people like how to use their boats if they need it. Um, and then, yeah, we want to just do like every week we'll have like surf, surf um, nights where customers can come out and like, that's a good opportunity too to like kind of see how the waves riding and then like tweak your own setup and without having to spend a bunch of money you know, on a boat, just. Yeah. And, and the nice thing is too, people can identify what equipment they need themselves by experiencing it with, for you guys first. I mean, it, it's exactly. just great. So like many they ways. can come out, they can come out and demo boards and then it's like, Oh, okay. Like I like that board and they, you know, they have it right at their hands. Excellent. So your store is not very big. It's kind of a boutique store. So it's not like a ski company. You're going in. There's a thousand different items for everybody. It's a little bit different uh, to come into your store. So explain a little bit how you do your setup in winter and summer for people so they know what to expect when they come visit you. Because I know they will. Yeah. So the store is set up like super simple. It's 1,400 square feet. You walk in, you have like men's and unisex, and then you have a ski wall, and then you jump into ladies and accessories. And it's just like a long and narrow, very simple, like a lot of face out so you could see the product. I wanted to make sure like it wasn't confusing, like an overwhelming, like you come in and like you just like instantaneously, so you like you, you have a good feel. Um, I, you know, I, I wanted to make it as cozy as possible. So like we have a, we have like a lounger and then uh, we got beer on tap if you're 21. <laughs> oh, really? And I didn't get offered one yesterday. I'm a little disappointed right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no that was a that was a little early yeah I know. i'm just kidding i don't drink beer but but that's a nice touch man i like i like the subtleties <laughs> yeah yeah it's uh it's fun it's just relaxing well, it's beer, like super lo- it's super low pressure like when you come in like you don't have to buy anything it's just come hang out you know so zach's buddy's in there and is zach zach's buddy and i don't know i didn't get to catch his first name was there with his daughter and the two of them are, and his daughter's just kind of coo- coo- goofing around on the lounger and his buddy's hanging out. And then as we're leaving, Zach's just like, Hey, do you need me to hold that pair of skis for you? The guy's like, we'll see if I can wait. And Zach's like, whenever you're ready, brother. Like it was the most relaxed, like conversation, like see you later. You come back anytime. The little girl, I don't know she took something off the wall or something. I don't know, but it was, it was awesome. It was, like, <laughs> it was nice to see around. how relaxed. Oh, she was so relaxed. It was so cool to see. Yeah. Uh, so I love that atmosphere yeah, you have there, man. Yeah, it's like, you know, it's like ski town atmosphere, but in, you know, just outside Rochester. So it's, it's you know, I, I joke about it. It's like bringing Aspen to Rochester is pretty much like the slang to it. That's right. And, and so I used to work in Canandaigua and I lived in Aronquay, like, you know, right up by the Somerville area. So I know for a fact it is 32 miles door to door from my house to Canandaigua Lake. So that's pretty much, you know, what you have. So you find water, it's either Lake Ontario or Canandaigua Lake or your two closest spots right there. Do you disagree right. there? So explain yeah. a little bit for people at the north end of the lake too, like the, the how shallow it is up there and the dynamic of how the activity level is there. So with Kershaw Park, like it's like super busy right at the north end. Uh, it, you got to go out a little bit before you can start surfing, but um, tons of activity. There's a sandbar. People pull up and 
and tie tie their boats together. It's a super cool community in the summertime. It's fun. It's like how can you beat it going like from winter time where you're chilling at the bar and skiing and then you're out on the porch to then going in the water and and doing the same thing, so And that's why the taxes are so high in Canada Lake, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, taxes are fun, but hey, my thing is as long as I'm having fun and, and making it, you know, I can't beat it. I I got nothing to complain about. So this guy's so laid back and everything, but yesterday we had a big talk about the taxes yesterday. <laughs> Being yeah. an entrepreneur, you got to talk about everything always, right? Right. It's just a thing of life. <laughs> it's just life. Is it frustrating but, being a business owner in New York or, or to you, do you just see it as whatever it has to be? It is whatever it has to be. That's like my chill, my chill lifestyle, you know, like what am I going to do? Change it. So just kind of roll with it, deal with it. And um, if you want to go start a business somewhere else, try go for it. You know, this was to me with friends and family and limited competition. Like this was the spot to start taxes or no taxes. It's just, it was a better business move. So when you want to start a business, you got to look at all your options. Like, yeah, I could start a business in Denver, but there's no friends and family to support it off the bat. And then, you know, rent's going to be way higher. So it's like, you kind of just got to look at all the spectrums. Like, yeah, it's cool to be in Denver, but it's easier to start a, a business here. Amen. I like that. And, and we're glad you came back. All right. So we got to get back to ski talk a little bit because it is the edge of winter today. Officially yeah. our taping day. Today's the first day of spring for everybody. And there is spring skiing and snowboarding still. Am I right? So you tell me about how the mountain was today. Cause you were at Bristol mountain today. Is that correct? Yeah, so I was at Bristol Mountain today. It was so good. Like, I got there right at open. Um, I took out a pair of Meyer skis, which we're going to be bringing in for next year. And that was just like a narrow carving ski. And I just, like, was just ripping it all morning. And then right when it got soft, I, I threw on my Factions, which was a wider, like, more playful ski. And it was just, like, the conditions softened up, and it made it so nice. Um, and then, fin- like, finishing out the day, I threw on the... Uh, one of my snowboards um, and elevated out of uh, Jackson Hole, Wyoming. And I just like surfed the snow, like just like big pillows of just soft, mushy potatoes. It was awesome. It was like one, you know, like the best two skis to rip all morning. And then that snowboard was fun. So you're a spoiled boy. It is, uh, a spoiled lifestyle and then you know we're on the deck and you got the shot ski you got some beers flowing it's a good time like and if we call that work so i saw your shot ski <laughs> all right so here's a quick shot ski story last year uh, i didn't know i didn't i knew there was such a thing as a shot ski but i'd never done one or been asked to do one so i'm at whiteface last year before they redid their whole bar this year and got rid of the shot ski i'm angry at them so i had my first shot ski there was it, it, the one at whiteface i think had five glasses on it so there's four people like, we need one more person to do a shot ski and next thing you know, i didn't even have time to pull my phone out take a picture of it I, the skis there in front of me they fill have shot glasses built into the ski and then five people at once all do a shot together so they lift the ski and do the shot together and i love the fact that full send has a shot ski at bristol mountain yeah so my girlfriend got me this shot ski for christmas and uh, it's got full send on it it's got the logo uh the year we established and then uh, when you flip it it's got send it on the bottom 
and it is like the coolest addition to Bristol Mountain. Like I just threw I threw it up at the bar and said, "Hey, can we keep this here?" And like they're so cool, and that it's it's been fun to bring out, you know, during the day and during the night. Like it just brings everybody together. It's like, hey, I don't even know you, but you want to do a shot? <laughs> it's it's just fun. Like you can't turn it down. That's that's something you got to do. Heck yeah! It's it was the best feeling last year when those, those four people were like you gotta go do a shot with us. Heck yeah! I'm right, ready. like you Let's don't go. like I don't need to know. I don't need to know you. I just want to take a shot and like have fun. That's right. Like, Next, you know, they knew about my YouTube channel. Yeah, they know. And when you do it with someone, now they know about your shop because you're Shotsky. I mean, come on, you got right. the best of all worlds. Okay. My thing is, hey, if you can sponsor the top and bottom, then you're doing something right. So, so. So we sponsor the demo center at the top of the mountain. So you're able to go demo skis. And then when you go to the bar, we have our shot skis. So it's like, how can you go wrong? You have a very good relationship with the Fullers, don't you? I do. They're great people to work with. I'm I'm super fortunate to have that relationship this year, you know, being that it's our first year in business. And I think we have a lot of cool things planned for the future. All right, so you have to take me off the ledge with the Fullers because I have a personal vendetta against Bristol only because it's the only mountain that I have ever visited, let alone New York State, that doesn't have one single glade. So so tell me why I shouldn't be so mad at them for not having a glade. Well, it's a business, and uh, sometimes you got to look past like your personal feelings and then look at it from the business side of things. So, like, there's so much where people are like, oh, I can't stand it, Bristol, like, won't put a high-speed lift in on the one side. It's like, well, did anybody stop to think about how much a high-speed lift, like, costs? <laughs> like, hey, do you got $7 million? We could throw one in. <laughs> yeah, play in my back pocket. So, so it's like, it's like uh, when you look at it, it's like, hey, you know, maybe they don't have a glaze because of insurance purposes, um, maybe they had a bad experience with a, you know, with a in, incident before. Like, there's so much that you don't know on the business side of things, and I think that's like, as a business owner, I'm like starting to learn so much about it. Like, you gotta look at it from the both sides of the spectrum, and then like decide like pick your battles. You know, like it's it's uh, there's a lot that goes into everything. I think you know from a uh, business and personal side of things. There's a lot of value to that, so I'll appreciate that to a degree, but Gore Mountain cleaned all 32 of their glades two years ago, and you know what that meant? That meant a lot of physical labor. To me, a glade is just physical labor and not wanting to put that out there, but I agree with the other factors and everything else, but I, I just I want to make sure people know why I'm, I'm on the edge, but you actually pulled me down a little bit because you're right. In general, they're business owners. They also own Roseland Water Park, and they also do a good job with their ropes course and have done a great job investing in that mountain. So yeah, I don't want to so be too critical. Yeah, so they put a lot of manpower. Put a lot of manpower in the ropes course, but like this is the cool part about the relationship. You know, Maybe that's something I could bring up to them in a conversation and see, hey, if, if I... You know, if we pick a run that we think will be full coverage, like, and not, you know, too dangerous, do you care if I come in with a crew and clean it out? Like, the, the conversation can be open. I just, they just need people to 
tell me that that's what they're interested in. And then let's make a great, let's call it full send. And I, I actually, I love that you're saying this because this is cool. I would love to actually help you with this. And I actually would help prevent, pro- provide uh, support and labor for that cause. Uh, and I would love to help cut the run because I have a lot of ideas on that mound. But if you could f- help with that idea, I promise I could help with labor side of it. And I think the Glade should be called full send. Oh, yeah, I think that's something that I'll bring up to Steve. It can't be full send because it doesn't go. We got to think of some something because it has to be space related, right? Because Bristol has they have all their, you know, trails space related, space related. So we have to think of a cool name space related. Yeah, send it, send it, send it to Pluto. Send it to Pluto. Oh, that would be cool. Or we call it Pluto. If you like Pluto, <laughs> Pluto would be cool. The Pluto Glades. So right. yeah, so I love this. I, I, we need to. I'm going to do whatever I can to help propel this. So do you call yourself a skier or snowboarder though? That's that's my question. Ooh, that's a tough one. <laughs> so. I would say, like, if I'm in a conversation, I, I would initially I would say I'm a skier. That's what I started doing. I started snowboarding like four years ago when I moved out to Denver. Um, so I would have to say I am a skier, uh, and that I and I like to snowboard. That's how I refer to myself like, as too, by the way. So we're even. But I like, I love snowboarding. It's like an art though to me, like skiing, like I'll go to the park. I'll hit, you know, I did the, I sponsored the beer league, adult beer league, race league this year, which was fun, which I've never raced before. That was a blast. Oh, you actually uh, raced as well? Yeah. So, now what uh, night is that? I, Wednesday nights or Tuesday nights? When is it? Yeah. Wednesday nights. Wednesday nights. That was a blast. So, uh, well, I skied in that. And then, like, for skiing, I can go to the park. I can go, like, anywhere. I'm way more comfortable. I'm a little bit crazy. Um, snowboarding, I'm super mellow. I like to just carve and just do funky stuff on the ground, you know, not nothing too crazy. Mm-hmm. That, that's me. You and I, I can't wait to go on the mountain with you for a day because you and I actually are the same way. And I do about 50-50. So what I like to do is start the day depending yeah. on the conditions. Uh, and then I'll switch as it softens up to the snowboard. Um, but if it gets too right. too chewy late in the day, I like to go back to the skis because that means a lot of free air. Yeah, it's uh, that or you grab yourself like a cool funky shape and snowboard through it like a, like you're surfing the mountain. That's yeah, what I was doing. Was that's fun. right. Yeah, because that's why I got the instigator this year for that exact reason. Yeah. You know, the, the never summer, that, uh, the ever sunburn, whatever. Yep. Yeah, never summer. Yeah. All right, so I got a quick question for you. I'm reading the website for your and you and there's an interesting thing here and it goes with a couple of things you've said so far. So you say, "Welcome to Full Send Ski and Outdoor where each one of our brands below come from a unique background." How do you define that? So like our like my specific goal is to be different, but like you hold that that quality factor. So like I don't want to be wearing the same thing as anybody else. Like I'm already wearing next year's uh, apparel from Faction called Fast Forward, and like people are like, "Oh, where'd you get that?" <laughs> you know, it's like that to me is like always been cool. Like kind of be ahead of the trends. Um, so I want to make sure like the store, like you're like whatever you're shopping for is like you buy it, and then like some other people buy it in a different size, but then like that's it. Like you can't get it. So some of this stuff, you know, there's a brand out of, out of Norway and it's, um, it's super sick. It's called Nerona. There's, um, 
10 dealers across the whole U.S. We were able to find that uh, through a uh, New York City shop that referenced us in. And pretty much how that works is like the New York City shop is huge. And that's why they're one of the, you know, one of those 10 dealers. But then they're like, hey, this kid's going to open a sick shop. Like, I think you should partner with him also, um, which was a sick um sick uh, thing that we were able to to get our first year in business um and then with that like it's like all right well let's look at the brand so the brand's been around since 1929 so it's not like they're just some like new brand out of nowhere like they've been around for forever and, and then you're talking norway so you're talking about people that like have longer winners than us so you gotta imagine this gear is like right really... so you get like the best of the best the pricing's you know it's up there, but it's not unrealistic. And then you're getting something that was like, everything is just fine detail. You know, like they cut the, the cuffs. It's like articulated cuffs. So it, it goes with the shape of your hand. You know, it's not like, Hey, let's just cut it straight across. Like, Hey, let's shape it with the hand. So it's crazy when you start looking at the, the fine details of it. Um, so yeah, we just like to find cool, unique brands from all over the world, but that hold that strong quality aspect. So we really, we really want to sell you quality over quantity. And it's gear, uh, ski boots, uh, snowboard boots. I mean, you carry everything. I mean, what do people expect for the winter season that you carry? So we do, uh, ski snowboards, uh, ski bindings, snowboard bindings. We do all the apparel, uh, helmets, goggles, uh, for boots, it's all uh, order based, and you come in and we custom fit you. Which I think is really important for people, especially when your f- feet are done growing. Because really, you want to have a ski boot. What What is traditionally how many years should you keep a ski boot that's custom fitted? I'm curious of that. So as long as it's like the newer plastics, you know, the ski boot, the life, it's there. Like you can have a ski boot for a while the biggest thing is swapping out your liners you know after you put a hundred days in a liner you want to get a new one i i think that's like been the happy medium for me is like 100 days and get a new liner um and then just check your your soul make sure you have enough soul that it's it's holding nice in the binding like don't shuffle your feet on the pavement but i think people change their boots way too often yeah i'm curious and about like, that yeah the liners are good that's a good idea as long as you save the bottom of those boots that's true. The outer shell really can hold its hold its own for longer. Correct. Any tips for people that have cold feet uh, regularly? Do you? I know what I do, but what would you give people being in the industry? So, cold feet. The biggest thing is intuition liner. It's a better, warmer liner, and then make sure you have the proper socks. Make sure it's nice and thin. Your foot can breathe. I think what people do is they suffocate their foot, and then they sweat, and then they get cold. So, like, don't double layer socks. Just get the proper sock, which we stock. And uh, it's all about layering. Layering is huge. Making sure that you don't sweat because that's, like, you start sweating, you don't have the right wicking material, like, you're going to get cold. So, it's, I, uh, I use baby it's powder as well. That's, that's my trick. I use baby powder to absorb the uh, sweat because my feet yep. sweat bad. Yeah, exactly. The way it helps it with, and then a good waking sock. That's why most people don't realize like the the best ski socks out there aren't the big furry ones. It's actually ones that are no. tight fitting. Just, 
Super, super thin. That's the key. That's right. So I've asked, I, we've gone so many different directions, but we haven't touched on the, the topic that we have to touch on with everybody. Uh, cannabis. In the ski industry, cannabis, the plant, is just so prevalent. I mean, it doesn't matter. I, I have I have smoked joints with doctors, lawyers, professors, all at ski mountains over the last 20 years. So what have you seen as the cannabis in the industry? Has it helped? Has it hurt? Are you a fan? Are you a believer? Where's your stance, brother? We want to hear what you got to say. We're on the Hempathetic Podcast. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I've always I've always been around it in the industry. Like, it's just, like you said, it's just something that with the outdoor world, it's, it's, uh, it's there. Um, when I was in Denver, there was a bunch of, like, different lotions and stuff I can get, which helped with my knee pain because I've torn my ACL now three times. Um, so yeah, no, I'm a believer in cannabis. I don't think, you know, I, I don't, I'm not popping Advil. If anything, I'm going to, you know, use some lotions or some greenery to, to mellow me out. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. It's 2019. And, and when you're out there, uh, I mean, you just got back here, so you're out there as legal. Yeah, so, it, I mean, it was legal. And, like, hey, if you're of age, I look at it as, um, as I look at it like alcohol. You know, it's like, don't abuse it. And there's nothing wrong with it at all. That's if, right. if you're of age, if you're of age, like, it is what it is. So how many, this is an interesting question. How many people have you seen injured because they were high on the mountain? Like as a, you know what I mean? Because I know you've seen people drunk that probably have done stupid crap on the mountain because they were drunk. But people that were just high and not drunk, how many, how many, in comparison to those two things, what what do you think you've seen Uh, more of? I would, would, uh, like none. (laughs) That's not like, that's not causing injury, like it's not something that's going to lead to injury. What's going to lead to injury is drinking for sure. Cause that's throwing off like your motor skills, you know, like completely. Like if you're high, you're just like chilling. That's not, you're not being reckless. That's right. That's what most people don't realize. It actually levels you out pretty well for skiing. So it really helps you focus. Right. So like if you're drunk and you're being reckless, you're way more prone to be, injured if you're high and you're just mellow i just yeah i wouldn't link any injuries in this in the sport to to the marijuana no. world that's what i like to hear no. yeah it's a reinforcement like it's like and it's just like alcohol there's people that don't drink that don't like it and there's people that drink and are responsible with it so it's just the same thing you know there's people that don't like weed and there's people that use it but use it in the right way. So everybody in any industry, you can ruin anything really. It just depends on what you're doing. That's right. So, um, alcohol wise, tell me like the biggest mishap you've seen with some dude who was too drunk doing something he shouldn't have done. Cause I know being out in Denver, you had to see something like that out there in the industry. <laughs> I don't know if I can link it to anything, but I love it, man. You, you give me can, a good story uh, from out there. Give me something. Give me a good story from Denver <laughs> from from your days. I want. I want to hear something that like. Uh, I want to be entertained like a child. Are, Come on. <laughs> there's some gnarly cliff drops that you can uh, convince people to do after a couple beers. That's for sure. 
the confidence level definitely goes up. What's the biggest cliff drop you've ever made and landed? Uh, the, I think the biggest one actually was that Denver was pretty big, but I think Tremblant might have topped the Denver one. Ooh, where in Tremblant? I've been to Tremblant. I don't know of any big drop there. There was like, there was a sick cliff drop on like the second half of the mountain on the backside. And it was like a pow day, but it was super windy. So like one of the lifts was shut down. So we hiked up to hit the, the drop and it was, it was sick. That's probably the biggest one. Wow. Pretty cool. And Trablant's on the East Coast too, to say something like that on the East Coast instead of West Coast is pretty cool. Right. Oh, all right. So you've been on both coasts. Um, tell people why the East Coast is secretly like the, the beast of the, like the East Coast skiing, skiing the East. Why is it so good? And why when you go out West, do you look like an expert when you get out there? Oh, like, I mean, the conditions here are just like, you can go from like the iciest day to a powder day within 24 hours and you just you could go from the trees to to ripping groomers and there's just so much like versatile terrain but it's not always in the best shape when you go out west it's just everything is gorgeous <laughs> like the trees are open and it's like on the east coast man you gotta blast through some trees and make your own pathways on the west coast it's a little easier I was at Stowe Monday, and I never had my face mask hit as many times as I did. <laughs> and, and I wasn't even right. in the trees that much. Uh, because I, when I play in glades, it's usually at Gore. And they have a lot of glades, but they've really, uh, two years ago, they cut out all the underbrush and cleaned them all out. So there really isn't a lot of that, you know. But, uh, man, at Stowe, it is a forever wild there. Have you ever skied Stowe? I have not. Wow, that's curious. So uh, in the industry... Have you skied a lot of places like in the East Coast? I'm just curious your feedback on some places you've been. Yeah, so I, typically, like if I'm on the East, I'm skiing like um, I'm really skiing Stratton, Killington, that area, right? Um, Central Park. Yeah, I don't really shoot much higher up there. Like when I was doing my tour, I just didn't have time to to venture out to like Stowe, but. Or like Sugarloaf or or like Jay. There's mm -hmm. definitely like I have to I have to hit some of these East Coast mountains like for sure. I just I look at it like if I'm traveling I'm gonna go to Denver <laughs> or like out to like Utah or you could get a lot done there in a couple of days. I'm gonna say it again, spoiled boy. Yeah. It's always nice when you go crash on someone's couch out there and, and then just wake right. up early in the it morning helps, and fly. It helps right? when you know people. Yeah, yeah it helps, when, helps when you know people. It makes it for a lot cheaper trip. Well, Denver's cool because you can fly into Denver. You can pretty much take a train from Denver to somebody's house pretty quickly, uh, wherever they live yep. around Denver. And then the next day, you're in their car with gear heading up to the mountain, like, uh, you know, what, within 30 minutes, right? Pretty much. Yeah, and then the closest mountain, you know, Loveland's only forty-five minutes away, so you're uh, you're getting after it real quick. Amen. All right, so we're done with the pretentious Denver ski talk now. So, so uh, I want to end this. Just yeah. uh, how can people find you at your shop? Uh, please, again, what social media? Tell tell everybody where they can find you because you've been very generous with your time. I appreciate it, Zach. Yeah, no problem. Um, so uh, if you look up like 
full send skiing out there on Google. There's a phone number that always shoots right to my cell phone. So I'm, I'm accessible pretty much 24 hours a day. Like I'll answer, it'll be like midnight. Uh, also answer the phone. Like you have a question, I'm here. Um, if you go on the website, there's a little chat box. I'm on that as well. Like unless I'm sleeping, like you can, you can always find me. Um, social media underscore full send underscores our Instagram and same thing like you message that i'm instantly on it like that's like something i pride myself on is is like i'm here all the time if you need something i'm here to help you like you might not buy something from us but if you have a question like i'll totally help you i want you to make the right decision and like eventually yeah you'll find something from us but um i'm all about just just customer service is is the biggest thing and then facebook is just full send skiing outdoor on Facebook, so. Real quick story, I was in there yesterday, I'm definitely looking at a new pair of skis for next year, so him and I were talking about that, uh, but then quickly I moved off that subject to something I wanna get this year, and that's some backcountry gear, like bindings and uh, skins, and he automatically doesn't have them in the shop, automatically, Zach said, yeah, I'll help you locate that stuff and get you taken care of. So uh, i not only saying that to remind you of that, Zach, but that's the kind of guy this he is. I know for full well he'll, he'll make some phone calls on my behalf, um, probably for used gear that won't call me, cost me an arm and a leg, and, and he's going to help me out. Um, so I appreciate that, and that's the kind of guy, if you go to his shop, that's the kind of service he's going to give you as well. So take advantage of this man down in Canandaigua. Thank you, Zach. Appreciate it. Sweet. Fun. Awesome. You're awesome, man. Thank you. Yeah, it's fun to share the story. You know, I, I am young, so 28 years old and rocking, rocking the business life. Yes, you are, and you're doing very well. And uh, many people are going to meet and enjoy you this summer on the boat. And uh, and I can't wait to th- throw more people your way because I know people are always talking to us on Canisius Lake about wake surfing and learning about it. So you know full well I'll be telling about you guys and call you guys for a tour. Sick. Super stoked. Of course. All right, brother. Have a good night. You too. See you, Zach. See ya. Another young entrepreneur in Rochester that's killing it. What do you think, Bob? I'm jealous. It sounds like he's got the life. I I think that uh, when you're that young and you get it and you just know what you want, it's it's just nice to hear people like he sounded so relaxed, didn't he? He did because he's enjoying his life. Yeah, even though he's 24 seven on his like 24 seven his phone. Like I when I pulled it up the chat, like he if I, I could have chatted with him on the website while he was on this podcast, I have a feeling. His life is his work. His work is his passion. Yeah. And he's so not stressed. I know. Uh it's a cute little shop. Uh I hope everybody goes to visit it. But yeah, so that's that's our that's our shared topic with Zach today. I hope everybody liked the episode and, and I wish you all a happy spring and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you. <laughs>